Hello and welcome to Aboriginal Way. I'm Kalia Alice. And on today's program, we hear from Jamie Lowe, the Chief Executive Officer of the Eastern Ma Aboriginal Corporation. Jamie is also the Chair of the National Native Title Council. I spoke to Jamie at the Native Title Conference in Melbourne last week. Also on the program, we hear from Tamsin Mackenzie Murdoch. She is the winner of this year's Governor's Aboriginal Youth Awards in South Australia. Uh, Lucy Kingston spoke to Tamsin after the awards. So that's coming up on the program for the next half hour. Stay tuned. First up, here is East Journey, Bright Lights, Big City. Collected from their family's Jews in those days. Scrub them, wash them, dry them. The late and great Ruby Hunter with her song Daisy Chains, String Games and Knuckle Bones. And that was performed with the Australian Art Orchestra from the album titled Ruby. This is Aboriginal Way. Last week I spoke to Jamie Lowe. Uh, he was one of the co-hosts at the National Native Title Conference uh, held in Melbourne last week. Jamie is also the CEO of the Eastern Ma Aboriginal Corporation and he is also the chair of the National Native Title Council. So, yeah, he's, he wears a lot of hats and I spoke to Jamie about the importance of such a conference and coming together. So here is Jamie now. Uh, my name's Jamie Lowe, Japarong man from the southwest of Victoria. Um, I'm current CEO of my PBC, uh, the Eastern Ma um, Peoples um, of the Eastern Ma Nation. Um, and I'm also chairperson of the National Native Title Council. Okay, so with these two roles, um how do they how do they intertwine? How do you how do they like, intertwine? Yeah, how do you do both um, both roles? Well, being a PBC um, allows you membership to the actual council itself, um, and they have a, a council, but they also have an executive board. Well, that's not I've got a pretty good executive. Um, the CEO is um, excellent, um, so he allows me to kind of help s- set strategic direction and you know play a uh, a role from from that perspective, so not too much an operational. Um, so it allows me to do my job as the CEO and you know service my people. I think us as Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people, we always play a number of different roles in our communities, and we just take on the roles. We take on the responsibility. Be, um, because if it's not me, then who? This is that old that old cliche. If, if it's not you, then who? Then it's not now, then when? Um, and so we assume the roles, and I guess the role of the native title council role. Um, as I say, we've got we've got a um, a small amount of staff, but we're heavily supported by the um, NTRBs, the rep bodies for, throughout the country, and their resources as well. Um, and we're supported by the industry as a whole, I guess. So we play um, an amplifying voice. Um, 
to enact and realise the promise of native title. Um, you know, back in 1992 when the Mabo decision was handed down, um, the vision wasn't the end game of just creating a PBC and get a positive determination um, through the High Court. That is, that's not the end game. Um, for us as Aboriginal people, it's actually realising the dream, realising the promise that native title to bring you know, wealth to our communities, recognising us as sovereign people with an unbroken connection, unbroken connection to the country for, forever. Um, and that's a pretty big deal. And it's a hook in the wall, a pretty significant one, being recognised by the Crown, um, saying that we as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have been in this country, which you now call Australia forever, with an unbroken connection to country. And so I feel like today, um, you know, in the discussions in the conference, in the discussions within the nation and different states and territories and jurisdictions, there were in an unprecedented moment of agreement making. We're talking treaty, we're talking voice to parliament. Um, we have examined through the High Court um, of compensation of, of land and native total being extinguished through the Griffith case, which was handed down a month or two ago. Um, although this doesn't rectify the wrongs of the past, we're on a journey of, um, of true reconciliation. Now, re true reconciliation for me is actually, you know, recognising, you know, the past and what's gone in the past. So there's a truth-telling element, but it's also um, there's a handback process there um, of lands and resources, etc. So our people can be truly self-determinate and behave as um, as our as our sovereign, sovereign nations. There has been uh, a lot of discussion about truth-telling and recognition. Are you positive about the future? I think we have to be positive. If we're not positive, we haven't got optimism. What have we got? A lot of my um, you know, peers, um, Aboriginal, non-Aboriginal, um, you know, we have to be, even though the, the situation is dire for a lot of our people, um, if we don't have you know, hope, then you know, sometimes that's all we've got. Um, so we continue to fight and advocate and amplify voices and fight for rights and, and true justice and reconciliation. Why do you think it's important to have conferences such as the Native Title Conference that brings everyone together from around Australia who has some sort of stake in the Native Title environment? I think um, you know, it's a pretty big continent we're living in and to kind of um, to have these conversations you know, throughout any given year are difficult with people from different pockets of the continent. So to bring people together and have a concerted conversation about native title and treaties and, you know, land rights and land and rights and recognition um, and those big topics of conversation is extremely important. I feel like um, the coming together can actually... There's, there's momentum built from these conversations um, and you've seen that in the past and history would tell us, you know, even from the Uluru Statement, um, Statement from the Heart, that, you know... When we come together, we largely agree on on the issues um, and, and the political way forward. It's probably that ninety percent agreement and ten percent of kind of other. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very important conversation when we come together and you know consolidate um, rather than living in our isolated kind of worlds because it's easy to get quite insular and just kind of do the doing. So there has been a lot of discussion today about treaty. 
and what that means and what it can look like. In Victoria, you guys seem to be leading the way with the treaty discussions. Um, Can you see it moving forward and can you see this for the rest of Australia? Well, you'd hope so. I think, um, you know, Victoria is showing some leadership in this space. It's, um, It's been a community voice which hasn't died and and we and we um finally had the will of the government at the time which we took and we're embarking on the unprecedented moment within within australia's history um and you know going to um establish the first um treaty advancement commission that this country is seeing so i'm sure both commonwealth state territory governments are all looking at us um some nervously, some with you know great anticipation to see what what's delivered throughout this process. So yeah, I think I think that um, I think the will of the government's really important. Um, so you know we've got to, but we just kept on advocating and kept on fighting for you know you never know. Um, I think the British Columbia Treaty Commission, our guest from Canada, um, delivered a really important message that the things that they never thought were possible in their country are now possible so you know that's what we've got to keep on thinking about that we and we keep on you know there's all these analogies that come to mind you know you don't climb Mount Everest you don't just jump to the top it's kind of peg at a time so we we continue to fight continue you know continue to legislate Um, this has been happening for a long time now so we just continue to do it. And that was Jamie Lowe. He was a co-host at the National Native Title Conference last week and he is also the chair of the National Native Title Council. Each year, the Governor of South Australia recognises the outstanding achievements by young people with the Governor's Aboriginal Youth Awards and awards are made in the areas of sport, art and higher education this year, there was an impressive lineup of young people making their mark in their areas. Um, winner of the arts category was wonderful performer Arabana man Nathan May, um, great musician, and we'll hear one of his songs on today's program. Winner of the higher education category was Arabella Hart. She is a third-year Bachelor of Pharmacy student. And the winner in the sport area was Tamsin Mackenzie Murdoch, a very successful athlete who competes in a multi-event discipline called heptathlon. Lucy Kingston spoke to Tamsin after she was presented with the award at Government House. The award was nominated for sport um, out of the three different subjects. I was lucky enough to be a finalist out of 18. Got the award as a winner out of the top three. Um, Just very shocked and overwhelmed. Was not expecting it. But you must have worked very hard. Can you tell us about the sport you do that's gained you this recognition from the governor? So I'm an athlete. Um, I've been in the sport athletics for over 10 years now. Started since I was six. I started off doing athletics as individual events, so mostly long jump, hurdles, high jump. Um, It wasn't until I started finding coaching that I moved towards a heptathlon coach specialist, Um, and he got me into the sport of heptathlons, Um, so that's seven events over two days. Um, 
on the first day we have four events, which is 100 metre hurdles, high jump, shot put and 200 metres. Um, then the next day it follows with long jump, javelin and 800 metres. So, yeah. So you have to be really quite skilled in a wide range of events. How do you find balance in all those different events? And also, what's your strongest event? Um, so my weakest event would have to be the throws by far. Um, at the moment, my strongest would have to be high jump or 800 metres. So at the moment, I'm doing up to four to five days of training a week on top of school and trying to fit in work. So, yeah. so tell us a bit more about the training. Uh, what's involved in... You said four or five days, but how, how long do you have to train for each week? Um, so uh, one day includes roughly two and a half hours of training. So warm-ups, then more so getting into techniques, endurance running, and then a good warm-down session. Well, it seems like you have been uh, very successful with your sport. There's a trophy here, which is um, a special award, I understand. Can you tell me about this trophy you had here, what you won this one for? Um, so that's for the most promising multi-event athlete in SA. I've been nominated twice over the last two years and I was runners-up last year and I was lucky enough to win it this year, 2019. It's pretty much everyone who competes in heptathlons, multi-events or decathlons, they all um their results over the season get looked at by the board and pretty much whoever has shone through the light gets the award. Terrific. Now, um, I understand you've also been actually selected to represent Australia in the under-18s in a heptathlon event. Can you tell me about that? Um, so my last event that I competed in was a under-17s, under-18s heptathlon national event down in um, Tasmania, Hobart. And for me to actually be nominated for the Oceania Games, I had to win the actual whole, the whole event. Um, so I won that with um, very, very good results competing against older girls. Um, so I was nominated into the Oceania Games as you're supposed to be an under-18. I'm only an under-16. I think probably just under a month ago we got an email saying that I've made it in along with one other girl that I've competed against for a while. So we're going to compete in the Oceania Games up in Townsville in Queensland this year. So you're at school and you train four days a week and you've obviously got a lot of travel and other things to fit into your life. What motivates you to keep working so hard on your sport? Um, pretty much just the reward and seeing how successful I've become since I was little. Um, it's a lot of hard work. You, you can't just half-ass everything. Just being able to have the support from family, friends, coach, it pushes you a long way. Tamsin Mackenzie Murdoch there speaking with Lucy Kingston. Tamsin is a Year 11 student and athlete in the event Heptathlon. She was the winner of the Governor's Aboriginal Youth Awards in the category of sport. Congratulations to Tamsin and to all the people who were nominated to become finalists and to those who won the awards. Outstanding work. Um, each young person is also paired with a mentor um, who will help them 
further along their way. And as I mentioned earlier, let's hear from Nathan May, uh, the winner of the arts category. And here is one of his songs, Brighter Days by Nathan May. I'm Kalia Alice. Thanks for listening to Aboriginal Way and we'll catch you next week.